Hey, everybody. Welcome. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, turn to the last book in your Bible, the book of Revelation. We are going to be on a new sermon series through this book, and here is a lesson for you, a free lesson. So if someone asks you after church, what did you learn in church today? You can tell them what I'm about to tell you. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? (laughs) Okay, this is good. This is really good. So it's the book of Revelation not the book of revelations. Did you know this? A lot of you, it's very easy to make the mistake because it is a book of different kind of like things and scenes. And so people are like, oh, it's the book of revelations. But actually it's the book of revelation because really it's one revelation about Jesus. It's from Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. So When you're talking about the book of Revelation, say Revelation. Don't say Revelations, right? Okay, now you know. So turn to the book of Revelation. One quick announcement because we really value community and sharing testimonies uh, is our women's ministry is this Thursday, Stories and Songs, Linda's house. Wave, Linda. Hi, Linda. Uh, So if you don't know where Linda's house is, there's little pink uh, papers on your chair has Linda's address. And so Stories and Songs are Different women have been asked, so if you show up, you don't have to share your story or your song. Different women have been asked already to prepare a short testimony or a song that either they've written or they just enjoy and they play or sing the song or they've been some dancing, right? Some interpretive dancing. So the women get together and they do wonderful things. It's really cool testimony. All this summer has been stories of God's work in the lives of women in our church. So that's this Thursday, the last one of this summer, this Thursday, Linda's house. So that's that. Let's get right in, shall we? Uh, Let's talk about the book of Revelation. Um, And the big picture here is that it's all about Jesus and it's all about us being in Jesus and how we are not just going to survive the things that are coming. We're not just going to survive this day and age that we are in. If the book of Revelation says anything, it's, it's that Jesus is in charge and we are not just going to survive. We are going to thrive. He is on his throne. Amen. Amen. And so that's the big thing today. And it should be this whole series. It will last up until Advent. Or if you're not a like high church person, it will last up until the time of Christmas time. It, this season is going to hopefully encourage you, encourage you, encourage you, encourage you. And we are going to zoom out from like, sometimes people look at the book of Revelation and say, oh, it's a a book of like conspiracy theories and fear and cracking codes and more conspiracy theories. And the thing about conspiracy theories is that they all are kind of bad. I mean, there's no good conspiracy theories out there, right? It's like these people, they're going to get in charge and they're going to give everyone uh, cupcakes and a puppy. And they're like, That's not a conspiracy theory. That's cool. Let's get cupcakes and puppies. All conspiracy theories that I know of are like dark and fearful. And people put that onto the book of Revelation. And I'm going to zoom out from that. I'm going to encourage us, encourage us, encourage us all throughout this series. And we're going to zoom out from this thing that uh, Mr. Brett talks about. Brett, 
Don't listen for a second. I'm going to say some nice things about you. He'll turn red. So just, just think about something else. But Brett has written a book on the book of Revelation called See the Strange. And you can get this on Amazon. He wrote it two years ago, right? To 2018. And he starts off with these words. So first of all, he uh, dedicates the book to his wife, Joy Marie, who is downstairs right now with some of your kids. She's down there. And then he gets right to the first things. And he says this. It's a great quote. Um, he says that those who obsess over revelation like conspiracy theorists, picture this, gazing at a cork board webbed with yarn and push pins can trace clippings of verses, like that people take verses from revelation and then uh, take, move them to clippings of headlines and newspapers, cracking codes, analyzing numbers, uh, extraordinary insights that are always being revised. I mean, it's like whoever the president is, like they're like the Antichrist or the beast or whoever, and then a new president will come along. It's like, well, they're not anymore. This new one's the new one. And then a new president was like, well, now they're now we're really right because this one had... And so don't do that. Like that leads to a lot of fear. That leads to misunderstandings. We are going to zoom out from that kind of stuff and encourage, 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 and point our attention and on to Jesus. Can I get an amen? Like we're talking big picture stuff here today. So turn to the book of Revelation. Um, and, and we're going to talk today uh, about chapter one. And Brett next week will talk a continuation of chapter one. But today what I want to do is read for us um, all of chapter one. And what we'll see here is that it's really all about Jesus. And it's going to be a revelation of Jesus. And what I can say now that we'll get to later in this series is that we're really not going to see anything brand new in this book of Revelation. It is a book. It is a different book than other books of the Bible. But Eugene Peterson puts it this way. He says that everything in Revelation, we'll put up this quote, and if you don't know who Eugene Peterson is, he's, he translated from the Greek and the Hebrew, the original languages, into a modern day English. That, that translation is called the message. And many of you enjoy that uh, translation or paraphrase. And so he's literally translated the whole Bible. He has something to say about the books of the Bible. He says that everything in Revelation, this last book of the Bible, can be found in the previous 65 books of the Bible. The Bible's 66, so the previous 65, the, the Revelation adds nothing of substance to what we already know. The truth of the gospel is already complete, revealed in Jesus Christ. There is nothing new to say on the subject. So this should bring, you might be like, it might be like a Debbie Downer, like, oh, we're not going to get to the new stuff and cracking the codes. But in some ways, this should comfort you and shepherd you and pastor you into a understanding of this book that there's not this new thing we're going to crack, but yet we're going to dive deeper into the revelation of who Jesus is. Out of all the verses in the book of Revelation, there's something like 404 verses. Out of those 404 verses, there are at least one Old Testament reference per verse. So not always, but on average, there's a little more than one Old Testament reference in every single verse of the book of Revelation, which is pretty cool that whoever wrote this, some guy named John, we'll talk about him in a minute, was very 
clued in with the Old Testament, giving allusions and references all along the way. So let's look at that. Let's look at the book of Revelation, chapter 1. If you're okay with this, this will take a couple minutes. Would you stand with me if you're listening along? If you're at home, would you stand? Um, It is a longer reading, and so I will try to be a little animated because I want you to let your imaginations be attentive. Don't start daydreaming about other things Let your imagination dive into these words. So this is chapter 1, verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. So whose revelation? Jesus. Who's it about? Jesus. What's it going to be about? Jesus. It's all about Jesus. He made known by sending an angel to his servant, John. So picture this, an angel coming to this guy named John, who testifies to everything he saw. That is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. It's all going to be about Jesus. Verse 3, blessed is the one who reads aloud, like what I'm doing now, the words of this prophecy. And blessed are those, this is you, who hear it, And take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. This is going to be a key to unlocking what we're talking about today, that blessed are those who hear it and receive it into their hearts. Verse 4, John, this is the greeting. So he's about to greet these churches. Imagine if you wrote a letter and greeted someone like this. John, so that's who it's from, to Seven churches in the providence of Asia. Grace and peace to you from one who is and who was and who is to come from the seven spirits before his throne. From Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us. I'll turn the page here. To be a kingdom of priests, to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Imagine if you started off an email like that. Like if I wanted to send an email to Linda. It's like, hey, hey, Linda, servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, who was and is and is to reign all glory and power and honor and, and majesty. Hi, yes, yes. They're like on and on and on. Thanks for letting us use your house for stories and songs. Peace, Joe. But like, this is a great way to introduce a letter. Look, everybody look out the window. Look, he's coming on the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. All the people on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha, the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and was and who is to come, the Almighty. And then he goes on to talk about, I, John, your brother, companion in the suffering and the kingdom of the patient endurance that is ours in Jesus. We was on the island of Patmos. That's like an exile prison island because of, why? Because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. So he was a believer exiled to this place. He was on the Lord's day. He was in the spirit and he heard behind in a loud voice like a trumpet, write on a scroll what you see. Send it to the seven churches, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And I turned around to see who could this be, this voice, and who it was speaking to me. And I turned and saw seven lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone who looked like the Son of Man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet in a gold sash around his chest. The hair of his head was white like wool, white as snow. His eyes were blazing fire. His feet were like bronze, glowing in a furnace. His voice was the sound of shh. 
rushing waters. His right hand, he held seven stars coming out of his mouth was a sword, double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. Wow, this has got to be Jesus, right? Then I saw him. I fell at his feet, although dead. Like he sees the Lord. He sees Jesus. He's laying there. And then this, this beautiful picture. This was the picture I'll end this sermon with in a few minutes. A picture of this. He placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I'm alive forever and ever. Who's this? Jesus. He was dead and he holds the keys to death and Hades. He holds them right there for what you have seen and what is now and will take place later. The mystery of the seven stars you saw in my right hand, the seven golden lampstands is this, the seven stars are the seven angels, the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. <gasps> this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, we thank you for this word. Lord, give us understanding to see you, your revelation in us, in this church. Lord, we praise you and worship you and all God's people shouted. Amen. Amen. All right, you may be seated. That was the longest I think I've read a scripture here for New Life Manitou, but well worth reading. Don't you think this image, did anyone else picture some of this stuff as we were reading it? It's awesome. It's beautiful. So I have for us today a three-point classic. Who would have guessed Pastor Joe has a three-point sermon? But once again, we have a three-point sermon. It keeps me on track. The first point is this, blessed are those who hear. Point number one, blessed are those who hear. Blessed are those who hear. And then John says, and take to heart what is written. Take it to heart. Don't just let this be a textbook thing. Take it to heart. The one who was Jesus, who came on earth as human, died, rose again, and who is coming again is right here with us right now. Take these words to heart. It is his revelation. I'm going to give you some directions, some instructions as we go forward in starting this series. Instruction direction number one is take these words to heart. Hear them and take them to heart. Direction instruction number two is when we start getting into interpreting. Like, what is this verse about? What is this paragraph? What is this chapter saying? Well, we're going to have to do, um, what we're going to do is to go into the context of what is written. That's kind of instruction direction. Number two is to get into the context of what's going on. That means opening up all of Revelation, opening up the whole Bible, opening up the Old Testament, opening up what was going on when John wrote and who he was writing to. That we'll get into this in just a second. But these are the instructions. Some people just like to jump right in without the instructions and directions. Does anybody in here also struggle? Like you're building something and the you, first thing you do is you throw out the instructions. Race the tail. I'm up, I'm up here. I'm being vulnerable. Uh, the first thing, I mean, you, you probably look at a couple of pictures like, oh, I know how to build this desk, right? No problem. And you use the wrong screws on like step one. Uh, not that I've ever done this before. You use the, the longer screws and you should have used the shorter screws. Then you get to the building of the whole thing and it's almost about done. You go to put in the last screws and you have two short of screws. Where's the long ones? Well, you use those already. So now you got to take the whole thing apart. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Any hands? A couple honest people? Okay. The thing about instructions like that we, I think we just, today is like a stop. Let's look at the book of Revelation. Let's look at some context. 
And let's think about opening our heart to the word of the Lord in this book, Revelation. I think there's something to be said about stopping before you just jump in. Because um, I, see, I see this a lot, especially with the book of Revelation. It's an exciting book. It's a mysterious book. And people just jump in with their theories and codes. And like, guys, let's take a step back and stop. Let's zoom out and stop. Let's read the instructions and get a game plan here first. I remember back in fourth grade. Can I tell you an embarrassing story? If not, I mean, I got other stories. This one's pretty embarrassing. So in fourth grade, Mrs. Neal, Mrs. Neal had a husband who owned an ice cream truck. As a fourth grader, she was like the best teacher ever because every once in a while, Mr. Whippy was the name of the ice cream truck, would show up at our class like in the afternoon in the heat of the day, would show up outside our window and we were allowed to go outside and get like fudge sickles or little rocket ship ice creams. It was the best ever. So Mr. Whippy was coming later that day and we had these worksheets to do. So everyone's worksheet, imagine this little classroom for fourth grade, uh, everybody's worksheets are upside down and the instructions were turn it over, read the instructions and the first couple people done won't just get fudge sickles or little rocket ship uh, ice creams. You could get whatever you want from Mr. Whippy's ice cream truck. And so I'm like, I gotta be one of the first ones. I gotta get this ice cream. So I'm waiting, waiting. Teacher says, flip it over. So I flip over the worksheet. Do I read the instructions? Of course not. I got too much work to do. So I start doing these questions. It's like five times five, 25. What's a four letter word that starts with M that is a planet? I'm like, Mars. And then it's like, what one plus one, two. And it's like all these little questions that are just quick. And so I'm like laser focused in on this worksheet. Then it gets to like weird questions, like raise your hands after you do it check this box. So I'm like raising my hands, check the box and stand up, turn around. And so I stand up, turn around, check the box. Okay. Stick your fingers in your ears and stick out your tongue. And so I'm, uh, I'm doing this and checking off. And I realize that no one else in the classroom is doing anything and everyone is looking at me acting like an idiot. And I kind of look up and I'm like, what is going on right now? And the teacher says, Joe, did you read the instructions? And I said, uh, yeah, I mean, what? <laughs> He said, what do the instructions say? And I'm like, I don't know. And so why don't you read them out loud? And it basically said, skip to the last question and just do that one. And the last question was, what's your favorite ice cream at Mr. Whippy's? And so everybody was just watching me not just idiot. It's like the it's like the stuff nightmares are made of. You wake up in cold sweats because of this kind of stuff. This was my childhood, and so the, so we should stop, read the instructions, get a game plan for the Book of Revelation before just jumping in. Another story. You good with another story? It's not that embarrassing. It's the, it's a, I bought a chainsaw a couple years ago and it was an electric chainsaw and it's, it's really not that. You're hoping for something really cool. It's nothing. Uh, but the chainsaw on the box said, make sure you use chain lube in the little chain lube reservoir, which I thought was weird because it's an electric saw. Why does it need oil? But the chain needs oil. So I'm like, okay, got it. And then I go to ring up uh, and pay for the chainsaw and the cashier, like a little warning came up. It was like, tell the customer that the chainsaw needs oil lube in the chain 
uh, lube reservoir. I was like, got it, okay, that's two times now. I open the box, there's this big like stop sign. Stop, chain needs the chain lube in the chain lube reservoir. It's like, okay, I got it. I pull out that styrofoam. Guess what there is there? Another sign, okay, I got it. And then there's like on the trigger, you can't even pull the trigger without taking off the zip tie. And the zip tie is a sign that says, don't forget the chain. It's like, okay, I got it. So I put it in. The chainsaw's fine. But I wonder how many people forget that. How many people just jump into the book of Revelation without the two instructions I'm saying? The very basic instructions. Read it, listen to it, take it into your heart. And as soon as we get to interpreting and understanding what this is going to be, we have to get into the context of the book and when it was written, right? We would say this with any other book. Why? Because point number two is this. Uh, We'll put it up here and I'll say this and it might come as a shock to you what I'm about to say. I'm going to read this sentence. If you haven't heard me say it before, you're like, whoa, what's he saying? Does he not believe in the Bible? Does he not believe the Bible's important? No, no, no. The Bible's important. I'm a pastor. That's that's what is key to our faith as a church, the Bible. Um, But this sentence, the Bible's not written to us, but it is for us. And if you're really literal, um, is the Bible, are the books, uh, like the uh, last night, uh, me and the boys were reading Galatians. Is the book of Galatians written to Manitou? No, the book of Galatians is written to Galatia. The book of Revelation is written to, it says, who, who's it written to? The seven churches. And then he names these seven churches. So is the book of Revelation written to us in Manitou 2020, going through a flu pandemic? Well, no, it's for us. And don't, don't think that I'm saying like, oh, the Bible's just an old book. It's not relevant. No, 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 no. It's very relevant, but we need to interpret it through the lens that it's written to someone else first and then to us, right? This is basic. Are you ready for a nerd alert? Nerd alert. This is basic exegesis and hermeneutics. Like this is the stuff we talked. I mean, this is nothing new. Last week, the week before we were in the series of James. And we talked through like the author, who he was and the audience, because James says some pretty interesting things about the rich and poor. And we're like, what's going on here? Well, there was a famine. There was a huge, like horrible division between the very wealthy who didn't care and the very poor who were starving to death. And so some of the things James says, oh, well, that makes sense in that context. What is true religion? Well, true religion is to take care of the Orphan and widow, as he says in James chapter 1, 27. Oh, that makes sense in this scene where there's poor people and widows starving to death. Okay, that makes sense. And other things he says, we've already been doing this. Let's continue doing this through the book of Revelation. So as we get into this book, we will talk about the author, which is a guy named John. And historically, traditionally, it's John the Beloved. But does he say that in here? No, he does. it's a guy named John. And we're, we could be kind of sure it's John the Beloved, but we're not totally sure. Not like James. Like the book of James, like this is Jesus' brother. We're pretty sure about that. This book of John, it's like we're pretty sure it's John, but actually we don't really know. We'll talk more about that later. He's writing to who? Seven, Seven churches. Where's he at? This island of Patmos. If your Bible has a map, turn into your map. My, my Bible has a map. It's color. Here's the island of Patmos. You see that? <laughs> You're like, no, I can't see it. It's right there. It's a tiny little island, Patmos. It's about 30 miles from uh, what is today Turkey. And it's about 30 miles 
from the city of Ephesus. So John writes this letter from Patmos to Ephesus and these other six churches. And it just so happens that the order of the the cities is the order someone would go. You would sail to Ephesus and then you would walk these cities because of the mountains and how they are. It's like if someone from Manitou was going to go to Buena Vista, you would go Manitou, Cascade, Woodland Park, Divide, Florissant, Lake George, then... Hartzell, then is there another town? I don't know. That's the order. It's not a straight line, right? It kind of goes way up and then way down, but that's the order you would go. That's the order you drive because that's the order through the mountains. Same way, these seven churches are the order someone would go if this letter was being written. And so, to, to give you an example of the kind of things some people talk about is that um, people say revelation is just for me, 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 me. Like it's all about me, me, me. First of all, it's not. It's about Jesus. But if you get into this attitude of me, 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 then you could say, oh, the book of Revelation is about the seven springs in Manitou. And people do this kind of thing. So it's like, well, the seven churches, I know it says churches, but maybe there's seven corporations like Starbucks and Amazon and Walmart and so on and so forth. I know it's the seven churches, but maybe there's seven presidents who have come and will come. And, and like different things like, oh, Laosia, he's neither hot nor cold. So he must be this president. Uh, this president lost his first love, it says. It's like, well, it must be this president. Or maybe it's seven, whatever, American cities, whatever. People take this and because people have a mindset that it's all about me, 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 they put into it what they want. And I would say, let's, let's not do that. Let's zoom out and let's get into the context by which it was written first and know all about these cities. Then we could have some fun and have some wild theories, but realize that first and foremost, we need to read this letter, take it into our heart. And secondly, we need to understand that this wasn't written to us. It's written to another people. We need to know that context. Cool beans. Okay. Moving right along, we'll talk more about this uh, in the weeks to come, that, that this is a letter, the type of genre that it is, an apocalyptic story. We'll talk about the culture at the time. We'll talk about um, who John is. We'll talk about these seven different churches. We'll talk about big themes. There's going to be a lot we will get to study in this book of Revelation, and we will listen to it and take it into our hearts. But let's get back to the big picture here. Point number three is this, uh, the church, like I'm talking to everybody, this, the book of uh, Revelation is talking to us, church, we are going to thrive. The interpretation, if we wanted to put a name on it on how a uh, new life, we're approaching Revelation, it's not my term, it's a, a term uh, a scholar came up with um, called the pastoral prophetic way of interpreting it. And what I want to be is pastoral, pastoral prophetic. That's what I meant. Pastoral prophetic in how we interpret the book of Revelation, that we pastorally invite people in to a relationship with Jesus. We call for purity. We call for single-minded devotion to God. We call for whatever happens on this earth. Things might get worse. I mean, we've already been through a pretty bad season. But what I want to remind us is that what Jesus reminds us of is that the church is going to thrive because he is the king over it. Amen? We are going to thrive because Jesus is the king over the church. Before we um, 
receive communion. In fact, now's maybe a good time to get out the, in your baskets or a little communion elements and maybe now's a good time to say this before we get into the moment, uh, is that if you take off the bread first and then the cup, it works out. And if you try to open up the, the juice part first, you will have trouble getting the bread. That's just a practical piece of advice. But the big point is this, is that Jesus invites us into fellowship with him. He invites us into understanding more revelation, knowledge, wisdom about him. We are invited in to a table with him. And he tells us again and again and again to not be afraid. We read that here. Do not fret. Do not be afraid. This image of, uh, of Jesus with his, a sword coming out of his mouth and a white sash and a golden ribbon around the sash or whatever it is, and angels and lampstands and loud noises and rushing water. Surely, like the image of Jesus is something to be afraid of. And what does he say? He puts his right hand and says, do not be Afraid, He invites us into fellowship with him. The verse is this, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. So I have a little bit more to say and, and to pray here, but would you join me in standing? The band can come up to begin to lead us. But what we're, we're doing now is, is to receive this word into our hearts and not just hear it, but to receive it. And what we're going to do, Brett's going to lead us into this moment of receiving Christ's body and Christ's blood. And we often say, because it's right out of scripture in the book of Corinthians, that we remember Christ, his body and blood. And we do this in remembrance of him until he comes again. And the book of Revelation teaches us again and again and again that he is coming. We have this to look forward to. We have this to be encouraged by. And so as we receive these elements, the body and blood of Jesus, we are remembering his death. And he says here that although he's dead, he is now alive. He's going to be alive forever and ever. So Lord, we pray to you now. Lord, we come before you studying this awesome book that is a revelation of you and Lord, we open our hearts and our minds to hear it and to receive it. So Lord, we worship you. We come before you humbly as you invite us to a table. Lord, it's all your grace. Lord, it's all you. It's all about you. And we worship you and praise you in your name.